the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. But hello, everybody. <laughs> oh. How are you doing, Chels? Oh, I'm good. I feel like we say this all the time. As soon as we start the episode, we're like, how are you? Oh, thank you. I'm good, thank you. <laughs> it's just like, how else do you start? <laughs> well, yeah, you just say, how's... What if, what if I just open one day, like, hi, everyone. Were you wearing socks? May, are you actually are serious? <laughs> oh, I was like, I'm wearing heels. Ooh. What are you wearing? I've just got the... Oh, my God. No, I've outed myself. I'm wearing fake Converse. Oh! <gasps> They actually don't look fake if you look at them. I got them in Shanghai. Looks real though. They look real. Honestly, I was like, I can't believe they're not real. And they've lasted well. You wouldn't know that I paid $15 for them. But sometimes it's a really good thing though. everyone knows I'm wearing fake Converse. (laughs) Exposed. But they look real. And I would have paid full price for the real thing. Anyway, speaking of the real thing... That was a good segue, wasn't it? That was it? really good, actually. Sarah Morrison's here today. <gasps> yes. Now, Sarah Morrison, you may, you might remember her from Ladies in Black. Yeah. But today we're talking about... Ba-da-ba-da. It is Come From Away. Yay. The awesome musical coming to Brizzy really, really soon. Yes, this production is the one and only of it in the world to be running after Miss Coco. Oh. Yes. We're so glad that Come From Away has made it here to Brisbane. Get it? They're coming from away. Oh, Took a while for it to process. Yeah, I didn't deliver that one as well as I could have, but that's fine. We're moving on. Um, Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really excited to talk to Sarah today. Yes, so dropping in the playhouse today is the talented Sarah Morrison with an excellent resume ranging in performances from Mamma Mia to originating the lead in the 2016 hit musical of Ladies in Black. She's now coming back back to the stage and is starring in the Broadway success, Come From Away. Let's head over to the rock. I ooh. couldn't help it. Ah, oh. Ooh. That's because, like, you know, it's like, welcome to the rock. Yes, yes. Head over <laughs> no, to yeah. the, oh, it's enough of that. We've, we've gotten the point. Let's get over to the interview. Woohoo. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sarah Morrison. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. Now we're going to start off straight away with Come From Away. You are currently going into reopening Come From Away. Can you tell us a little something about the show? Right, yes. So we are currently playing here down in Melbourne. Um, We've reopened um, in a kind of post-COVID way, even though obviously it's still very much a thing. So Come From Away is based on events that took place in Gander, Newfoundland, which is a small town in Canada. And it takes place over five days, essentially, from um, September 11, 2001, and the five days following. So basically, um, the events of September 11, the American airspace was shut down. And so all the flights in the air were grounded, and 38 of those flights were grounded in Gander. Uh, And this town has a population of about 9,000 people at that time and 7,000 people landed. So the town's population almost doubled in in a night. And so the the story is a true story. It's all uh, kind of constructed from hours and hours and hours of interviews. Uh, I have David Hine and Rain Sankrock, who are a married couple. Um, so they went to Gander on the 10th anniversary 
and they conducted um, interviews. And so these people are all real people. So for instance, the character, I, my main primary character, because all, all actors on stage play several characters. So my primary character is a composite of two real people. So my character's name is Janice Mosier and I am half Janice Goody and Brian Mosier. And so they basically, my character that I play in this reporter is, I say lines really that came directly from those interviews with David and Irene. Yeah, so basically it's about these, these true stories over those five days. Yeah, so what, what kind of research goes into putting a production of this level? Like, did you guys get some help with a dramaturg or, or did you have to do your own research? We did do a fair bit of table work. I mean, in most musicals, you might do a bit of table work, talk about, you know, background and things like that. But because this is like real life and these people are real, um, we did do a, a bit more table work. Our American creatives came out and we did about five days of table work where we basically, we watched a couple of documentaries about 9-11 and we also just went around the room and we all spoke about our memories or our experience on that day. Um, we have a very broad range of ages uh, at that point. For instance, I was the youngest. I was about 10 or 11 when that happened. Um, and so my memory of the day is very, very different to some of our other cast members who, you know, were, you know, actually a handful of our company members were doing Mamma Mia at the time. And they remember uh, really clearly um, being in that show and everything happening. So we all kind of shared our experiences and our feelings and how we interpreted that day. Also, I suppose... There is a lot of information out there. Um, there's lots of great interviews. I found some interviews online with um, Brian, and who is one of the people that my character is based on. But then we also had the, I guess, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to meet them when they came out for the original, uh, the premiere, Melbourne premiere. Yeah, so I actually got to meet these people. I got to meet Janice and Brian, which is Nuts. Like, I don't know when that would, when that will ever happen again in my career to meet the person I'm portraying on stage. And luckily they, um, they sent them all in to watch the show a couple of days before opening. And I was hands down more nervous to perform that role in front of the people, uh, the real Compromise and the real Newfoundlanders than I was on opening night. Oh my God. <laughs> Understandably. I was going to say, like you kind of answered the next question was what was it like playing real life people? Like surely you're like before performing in front of them, you're like, oh my God, that's you performing me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, um, it was a lot of pressure because, you know, they're there and you're saying things that they said. Um, it was really cool to meet um, Janice and Brian because, uh, so Brian was the, uh, the journalist who was on TV for Rogers TV and Janice was working for um, the newspaper, but it was her like first week at work. Um, so, you know, the character I play, Janice Mosier, she works for the TV, but it is her first, it's like her first day at work. Wow. So it's a real lovely mix of those two. And it, uh, you know, meeting them as well and, and getting to know their personalities a bit better. And I can, it became very, very clear to me in the script, which lines probably most likely came from Brian and which lines came from Janice. Well, certainly a lot of the on-air kind of comedy stuff, not comedy, well, yeah, I guess comedy, but just uh, Brian has got this beautiful, like charismatic, uh, he lights up a room, he just draws attention to himself, he loves it, and I guess he's a guy from TV, so he's just, <laughs> he doesn't have a problem chatting, and it's lovely. 
Um, and then Janice is a bit more reserved, but she's an observer. She really watches and listens and looks. And so a lot more of the lines um, that are about how she, about how Janice feels, I think very much more from Janice. Uh, and then a lot of the kind of glue and the, the tight knitting stuff is from Brian. But yeah, meeting them was insane. Uh, and it's such a treat, you know, again, it would be so hard if we opened, I mean, they obviously probably can't come over right now because of COVID. So, so grateful that two years ago, we had that opportunity to meet them and, and get to know them a bit better and hang out for a week in Melbourne. So um, you kind of touched on this then, but how does it feel being the only company, as, as far as I know, at the moment that is performing come from away? Yeah, it's, um, it's I guess it's bittersweet. It's, um, we're, I think we're all very aware of how, of the privileged position that we're in. Um, but your heart definitely breaks and aches for your counterparts. I am in contact with my counterparts, the other women um, who play Janice around the world, and um, they send beautiful messages and, you know, really excited. And at the same time, I, I really want the same for them. I, I desperately want for them to be back up there telling the story and be, to be back at work. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a celebration, absolutely. You know, Melbourne particularly with that second lockdown, did a fantastic job. The only reason we are doing what we are doing today is because of how hard everyone down here persevered through that really difficult hundred and something days it was, I lost count. So, you know, it, there's this huge, enormous amount of gratitude for where we are, but also I think it's, you can't, there's this kind of, this little spot where you do also hold these other people who would want to be doing what you're doing as well. But yeah, it was, uh, Actually, um, when we were preview and opening, Danny Goldstein and Ricky Hines, who are our um, associate director and choreographer from America, they were out here to help us kind of get the show back on its feet. And they were saying, which I didn't know, that in Irene and David's office, they have a clock. They would have had a clock on the wall for every um, city that Come From Away was playing in, so that they always knew when the curtain was going up. Oh, lovely. And so... Oh, it was beautiful. And so when we reopened, they put our clocks back up on the wall. So I hope, obviously, soon that all the clocks are back up on the wall. But yeah, it's it's certainly it's a very interesting place to be, being this first show back up. Yeah. Now, from your personal perspective, why is Come From Away an important story to tell? It's interesting because when I first heard about the the show, I was probably a bit cynical about it. I, you know, even auditioning for it, I kind of was like, I don't, I'm, you know, full disclosure, I really didn't get the hype. I, I hadn't seen it for myself, but I just didn't, I didn't get it. It sounded kind of like, why are they telling a musical about making sandwiches and giving people bunk beds? I don't get it, like, you know, and, um, and then I saw it and completely ate my words uh, because it is a sort of experience that, that you, you just have to sit there and, and have for yourself. I think this story in particular, like I kind of touched on just before about the fact that the whole reason that this country has pulled through and done such a fantastic job in tackling and managing and maintaining its kind of COVID safe uh, status is because we have masked up for each other. We have washed our hands for each other. We have stayed away from each other, which I'm sure, you know, People have stayed away from loved ones for months and months and months and months on end. And so this whole idea of doing things for other people um, and the whole, that idea of community is, is kind of the, 
the foundation for what this show is about. So I think people are coming to this show, particularly there's a real different kind of resonance that's hitting, uh, that just hits differently in a post-COVID world with what this show tackles, being that the 9,000, you know, also town members in Gand are just literally took the shirts off their backs. They didn't question, they just gave because people needed something more than they did. And, uh, you know, I think we've all lived through an extraordinary time, still are, it's not over, but there's something that is completely uh, paralleled, I think, with the story on stage and, you know, what we are have lived through. Yeah. She's got so swept up in her. <laughs> I was like, right, it's beautiful. Everyone's coming together. <laughs> beautiful. You're from Brizzy, aren't you? I am, yes. Brizzy Vegas. Brizzy Vegas, yeah. eh? <laughs> <laughs> so are you able to tell us about the start of your interest in performing and your journey with Opera Queensland's children's chorus to musical mm-hmm. theatre roles? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I guess I... I was very shy as a child, and so my parents put me in a, uh, like a, in primary school, they put me in like in a one day a week afternoon kind of drama class where you just basically played games for a couple hours. And, um, and I, it was mostly in an attempt to kind of bring me out of my shell. I guess that just sort of kept going. I, I liked it. And so I, I wanted to keep doing that class a week or whatever. And then we did like a, in primary school, we would, we did, uh, in grade five and grade seven, we got to be in a musical. And I, I guess I, I got a, a kind of cameo kind of role in the first one. And the second one, I, I was, I got cast as King Neptune of the Sea. And my mum says that she, she remembers me coming out on stage with these huge shoulder pads and like a blue face <laughs> and like just with this enormous, like this small little child with this enormous voice and the parents around her kind of turning to her going, is that Sarah? So um, I guess it sort of just kept snowballing. And then maybe, I, I mean, I started singing quite late. Um, I didn't start really singing until, as in, I guess, having lessons, like private singing lessons till I was about 15 because of um, being in Labo and the Children's Chorus for Opera Queensland. And in the, the Children's Chorus for that particular uh, opera, they run in an act two at the market scene for a hot minute. And it was so much fun because they gave us these little brown paper bags filled with like, um, jelly snakes like lollies and um, I just remember singing the little bits we had to sing but just like running around and like I had my favorite adults that I would go give a snake to <laughs> and like it was just so much fun and but I guess that's when people kind of I probably maybe started saying maybe you should see if this singing thing is something she wants to do or something she wants to keep working on so I started having singing lessons and then I think the next year, the year after, I did another children's chorus, uh, Hansel and Gretel, with Queensland. And then it kind of came to that, you know, that point where you finish high school and everyone's like, what are you going to do? And I honestly didn't think that I was like ever going to be good enough to be in musicals, like the professional kind. I just, I guess I kind of thought, who me? No, no way. Like, I'm not that good. I'd go and see the shows and I would, oh my gosh, like, I dreamt of being there. I, I remember seeing Mamma Mia when I was 11 and, and that was the first time I kind of, it really clicked like, oh, that's their job. Oh, they get to do that every day. What? That is the coolest thing ever. Oh my <laughs> God. But I just, I guess I just never thought that that was something that was possible for me. Um, and then 
but I, so I enrolled in the, um, I guess people still thought I, I had this voice that should be uh, um, explored, I guess. Um, and at that point at the conservatorium in Brisbane at South Bank there, they didn't have a musical theater stream. They had a class you could take, but it didn't give you any credit of any yeah. kind. Um, so I enrolled in the opera, in the opera stream, hated it. Uh, I was, <laughs> Um, as my therapist said at the time, it was like a square peg in a round hole. I just really, I just really didn't feel like I, it was a good fit. Um, and I tried, but I ended up kind of getting to the end of the second year and kind of, I remember saying to mum, I just, I can't do it. I need to. And I just, at that point, I kind of thought, you know, I really, really need to see if this musical theatre thing is a, if I can or I can't. And if I, I just need to know. And I think I would regret it if I just didn't give it a give it a go so at the end of that year I, I auditioned for you know the musical theater school and I ended up picking uh Ballarat I got into Ballarat so I packed up my car and I drove <laughs> down to Victoria into Ballarat and um did my three years and then I, and I loved that and then coming out of uni I had a I guess you just go into auditions and you start that part of your career yeah did that answer your question? I'm not sure if I've gone on a tangent. Yeah, no, that's... Can you walk <laughs> us through those early auditions? Like, how do you prepare when you're so green? And what was your first big audition? That's such a good question. Well, what I do remember is that you graduate, you know, normally. Uh, I know it's a little bit different for the students who graduated in this last year because of COVID. But generally speaking, you graduate in November, December, and then you sort of get settled in. And generally, the, um, the industry does kind of shut down a little bit like a lot of industries do over that Christmas period so the first big auditions that come in the year come about end of January February and uh the first the first brief that came out that I got through my agent for Wicked so excited but I'd also uh developed whooping cough and so I had like whooping cough essentially you just it's also called the 100 day cough and your vocal folds are just bashing together all day long for that long my voice was just in and not in a good place. And my singing teacher kind of said at the time, and as did my agent, you really should not be going to this audition. I know it's heartbreaking because you've just studied three years and this is the first one, um, but you really shouldn't go because you're not going to make a good first impression um, if this is your first professional audition. And so I didn't go. I was so heartbroken. So I love Wicked and I would have loved to audition and I felt, of course, so unfair. Like, you know, I've done three years and I've got whooping cough. What? It's kind of um, like you've been grounded. It's like, no, you cannot go and audition. <laughs> you have to stay in your room. I know. Oh, gosh. It felt, oh, I was so disappointed. But I was sort of well enough by the time Les Mis was auditioning. So I went and auditioned. It was certainly not my strongest audition. And it was my first one. So I was so nervous. And also kind of still recouping my voice. It wasn't certainly at that kind of bell clarity that it, it it is when it's at its strongest um and I didn't feel particularly I guess because I was in that stage I didn't feel particularly my self-esteem probably my confidence wasn't like you know in tip-top condition so yeah so that's sort of how that started so maybe my first year auditions I would often be in the dance call first which is not where I'm going to ever shine um <laughs> but you normally do get pop in that group when you are fresh grad uh, and it's not until maybe there's either a role that you're really specifically kind of perfect for or you've got a bit of a bio behind you that you'll go straight into more the singing round first. Um, so that probably didn't happen until maybe my um, my second year out or so. Yeah. 
but auditioning is uh it's tricky it's you've got to kind of be just as good as auditioning if not better <laughs> in some ways as doing the gig itself yeah and then a little bit down the line ladies in black comes along yeah so, so in 2015 uh, I was about two and a half years out of uni I'd actually started studying a master's of commerce really oh. slowly because I just sort of thought yeah I just was like well I love the arts and I want to be in them and maybe maybe I'll be an executive producer of a, a theatre company and I, I need to know how, you know, it's show business so I need to know how money works yep. if I want to be on that side of things. So I started studying that, which was really nice and I really do encourage anyone that I like have mentored that, you know, it's so good to love performing but it's also really, really great to have other things that to just to keep learning mm. for stop. Anyway, so I was working at T2 at their kind of headquarters as an assistant accountant, just doing bank wrecks all day, really. And I was I had a small contract um, to go over to Qatar to do a Nickelodeon kind of live show for a couple of weeks. And I'd done a few of those. So I was on my way over there and I'd just changed agents, um, which had been like, you know, which had felt really big and a bit scary. And I'd said to my agent, because a girlfriend of mine, we caught up for coffee and she'd, you know, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? Uh, what auditions have you been doing? Da, da, da. And she said, oh, I went for this show that is in black. Uh, I don't think it went great. But um, they're on like their third round. They can't find, they can't cast this role. Have you gone in for it? And I said, no, oh, I haven't even, I haven't heard of it. She's like, oh, we should really get an audition. Actually, you'd be really great for it. I thought, I didn't really think much of it. I just was, I asked my new agent, hey, um, I've heard about this show. Would I be able to please get an audition? I can see what you can do. And as I was on the way to the airport to go to Qatar, which is in the United Arab Emirates, I um, got a call from my new agent saying, hey, we got you an audition for Thursday. And then forgotten, I guess, that I was going. And I said, oh, I'm on my way to the airport. Can I send in the video? Like, leave it with me. I'll have a look. And then I got to Qatar. They said, yes, you can send a video. And so in this tiny hotel room, I learned these couple of little songs in between our sound checks, which were like between 2 and 4 a.m. because they would do when the big malls were shut down, where these big stages got set up. Anyway, I learned these songs and I still have the videos. They're hilarious. Like I don't have shoes on. I don't know what I'm wearing. I think I, got, <laughs> I had like the most like young girl thing. It was like a, a white pinafore kind of thing, but with like a denim jacket. Oh my God. I had no shoes on. And I, these videos, I guess like I can, you know, I can look back and I can see maybe what they saw in the video, which is I just looked really naive and really young, which is very much that character. Um, Lisa, she's a 17-year-old girl, you know, on the cusp of the 60s who wants something more for herself. Anyway, but cut to scene, I booked that and that was, uh, I guess, the beginning of the last sort of five and a half, six years where I've just um, been incredibly lucky and and blessed with this really cool run of shows that I've had the pleasure of doing but yeah Ladies in Black certainly was and I th I'm sure I'll be an old lady I'll look back and really see that as a very life-changing show. What was your process personally for creating Lisa? That's a really good question I I guess I was so green at that point and I was like this little sponge I mean you, you learn a certain amount in theatre school but there are some things that you just you have to be on the ground and experiencing to really, for it to really kind of hit, sink in and kind of land for you. I was just so, I just wanted to do a good job. I guess there was, you know, again, I look back and there was so much of just me um, that was really like akin to what and who maybe Lisa is, and I guess my version of Lisa. And she 
essentially is this a 17 year old girl um, is about 59, 1959, and she's finished her high school education, which at that point was incredibly uncommon. So she stayed at high school all the way through to do what they call, used to call the leaving. Uh, most girls did not um, do that. They would drop out in about year 10, uh, essentially because it, people didn't think that they, them finishing their education was necessary because they would get married and have babies. And why would you need to finish your education to do that? because uh, they wouldn't be working. And so Lisa has uh, persisted and begged her dad mostly, because uh, her mum's on board, but begged her dad to let her do the leaving. Um, but the next hurdle is when she gets those results is to, to try and get him to let her go to university, which is like, I mean, that, if, you, if, if doing the leaving is unusual, then a girl going to university is like, unheard of so and she wants to go to university to study literature uh, poetry and so over her summer holidays while she's waiting for the, the leaving results she gets a job at goods which is like a department store and she sort of has all these beautiful kind of fairy godmothers around her who sort of open her eyes and sort of I guess like bring her into womanhood in, in, a, in a way anyway she basically she tops the leaving she gets the highest she's in the highest percentile in the state um, and it kind of takes that to sort of for her dad to finally kind of, I guess, understand that, you know, she is worthy of an education and she should get what she wants if that's, if that's what she wants. So I guess that, that role is so unique um, and so unlike a lot of roles that I think really are out there for females to play. Lisa didn't really have a, a romantic storyline. It's very unusual that you have a musical, like a female, central female character that, you know, is, is there and is, has a story that is not connected to a man or another person, like a love interest. And also it's about her fighting for her education. And I don't think I really understood, I guess, I think I just like sunk my teeth into the process of creating this and we were cre everyone was creating together. So it wasn't just like it was me, everyone around me was building this from the, from the ground up. And I didn't really understand that it was like, I suppose like a, I, I mean, I read the script, so I, I knew she was the lead role, but I guess until um, we were blocking the bowels. Once you finish blocking the whole show, the last thing not technically that um, you generally will block is the bowels. And as a kid, I always always found the bowels fascinating because I'd be like, oh, who's going to bow last? Because that means they're the most important, which, you know, it, to a degree of that is the truth. And sometimes it just is about maybe if it's like a star um, cast or whatever. But generally, the last person to bow is the sort of central. And so blocking it, and then I realised that I was bowing last. And that's when it really, I suppose, hit me how major this, moment kind of was for me and how then this role in this show yes I think I've gone off tangent I'm terribly sorry <laughs> no, it's good to go off tangent because we want to know more yeah. <laughs> but no thank you for that though that's that's such a great way to see ladies in black though so thank you for that yeah pleasure because you did have such a cool career kind of from the jump we were wondering if you had any like wisdom or advice that you wish you could have gotten when you were a younger artist I think what I've certainly I mean there's two things I think that I do I find quite uh, comforting because I think you know going we audition a lot and you will get 10 no's or more before you get a yes and it, it does take a certain kind of resilience which you know you have to um, grow and work on. No one's really born resilient. It's something that you have to foster and you have to just, yeah, it gets, it gets better uh, the more you work on it. 
and there's so many people have lots of wonderful little pearls of, of wisdom. I know for me, I was auditioning for Mamma Mia and I remember a bit the final day, which is sort of like the last, your last chance to show what you've got. And essentially, so when you get to the finals, it's, you're there because they know you can do it. It's now just about making, kind of figuring out the puzzle. That's what they're, they're doing essentially. So at this final day, there was myself and five other young women there for Sophie. And um, then there was a few Donners, a few Skies, some of the dads, and they were just doing all various scenes with various couplings. So it was about four hour long day up and down these stairs in, in the room with just different variations, basically, just to see, I guess, different different pictures for the, for the panel. It kind of happened earlier in the day. And I think I had, I certainly had had a moment where I looked around the room and I just thought, oh my God, she's beautiful. Oh, not, why am I here? Oh my God, that's a really gorgeous dress. Why did I wear this? Like, or, you know, or like, oh God, it's not, she's so, like, she seems so confident. She's chatting to every, like, you know, just, you just start comparing yourself, which is just like, not, it's just, everyone does it to some extent, but it's just not helpful. And I'd, I was heading upstairs to sing I Have a Dream, I think. And I'd heard someone, you, you can often, unfortunately, sometimes, not unfortunately, you can just sometimes, I certainly know in the past, it has freaked me out a little bit when you can hear other people singing. And someone had gone off and sung I Have a Dream. And it sounded amazing. And I sort of thought, oh, my God, I'm going to go after that, you know, and um, went up there. And I just sort of had this moment of, like, pure stillness and clarity. I, I don't know. It was just one of those really, like, the world stops and you just go, oh. And I just thought, oh, I'm, I'm just doing my Sophie. I'm not trying to do what she can do or what they can do. Or I don't know what they want me to do. I can't read their mind. I've just got to do what I can do. Oh, that's that's a lot easier. Okay, cool. And I don't know. And the rest of the day, I had so much fun. I I, I just had so much fun. Um, and I know that seems and that sounds really really um obvious, but in the moment you've got all these things happening around you, it's just it can be really easy to forget that you just you're there because of what makes you special. No one can do what you can do. So just go and do what you do best. So that's one I do find quite um liberating <laughs> it, particularly if I'm if I'm finding myself going to that comparative dark kind of place I'm like hey 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 stop that and the other thing I think is you know and I think it took probably going to audition where I wasn't super prepared there's this there's a quote I can't remember who it's by I think it's by like a um it's quite an old quote but it's about like we don't we don't rise to the level of our expectation we fall to the level of our training which I love because you can sit there and imagine all day long how this is going to go. It's going to be great. I'm going to walk in there and, you know, absolutely smash it. But I can also get up and practice and sing that song three more times. I think there, there was an audition I went to. I can't remember which one it was, but I think I just had done all this, like, you know, which is positive affirmation. And like, that's, that's fantastic. You should definitely do that. But it can't be everything. You also have to practice. And even to this day, the number one thing I practice for every audition is walking into a room. Um, I stand outside my bedroom and I pretend like it's I'm about to walk into the room and I walk into the room because I find that if I can walk into the room, I'm good. It's great. So yeah, that's a couple of things I guess I can share. Absolute gold mine of info. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yay. We're going to do a bit of a game here. Alrighty. Big on games. Okay. <laughs> so Ladies in Black was obviously a huge success and you were amazing in it. So Brooke and I are <laughs> going to pitch a list of musicals based off some iconic books and you can tell us if these musicals are that you come from away to be in it 
or if you want to stay far away. Okay. Does that that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. All righty. You ready? Ready. All righty. Brooke, do you want to do the first one? Sure. So another Australian classic like Ladies in Black, the musical, what about Picnic at Hanging Rock, the musical? Oh, yes. That sounds creepy. I would do that. Yes. You'd come from away? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'll come from away. I love, oh my God, I love their dresses. Yes. Yes. I would just hope if you were doing that, not in the summertime. I feel like you'd be sweaty and like. Not the best. (laughs) Nice in winter. They're a nice winter musical. (laughs) Okay. Slightly more contemporary. Twilight the musical. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Who would you want to be in it? Yes. Oh, I have. I want to be a vampire. I would want to be a vampire. Like, um, I don't know. Like, maybe one of the Collins. You'd be a great oh, yeah, Alice. Sure. I was gonna say Alice. Yeah. yeah, Alice is coming to my mind. She's freaking cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like her. Yes. Yay! She's so quirky. Yes. <laughs> so tick for that one. Yeah, that was a come from come from away. Do you yes, do the last one? Com- yeah. So the last one, is it the very last one we're doing? Oh, you pick, you pick. Oh, there's so many. Okay. Alrighty. So it already starts the queen herself, Julie Andrews, Princess Diaries, the musical. Oh my God. These are all really good. I mean, I'm a very <laughs> yes person. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Oh, oh good. Yes. Why, hasn't that, why hasn't that been done yet? Or oh, we could pitch it. We could pitch it to a company. Surely someone's done like a parody or something. Yeah. Surely. We need Surely. to make a These are all, You must have got some fantastic ideas. These are great. Should we do an outrageous yeah. one? We'll do an outrageous one and see what your thoughts are on it. A bit controversial. Yeah. How yeah. about you do yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Brooke's Primary School Diary, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> primary School Diary, the musical. Yeah. Yeah. More specifically, um, Brooke. <laughs> more specifically, mine. <laughs> It was so bad. Oh, my God. I mean, not as strong as the other contenders, yeah. i got to say. But, like, you know what? You can make a musical out of ne- anything, really. Yeah. I'd say if that's what you want to make, make it. Sure. Thank you. I mean, my, my diary was mostly just like, today I ate breakfast. It was Nutrigrain. Then I went to swimming before school. Then I went to school. Then I did choir. Then I went to dancing. And now I'm going to sleep. And then I would sign off. My, oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm not going to say it. No, I'm going to say it. I've already committed to it. At the end of primary school, my diary entries, I would sign off, Princess Hugs, Brooke. <gasps> oh. oh, that's so sweet. I'm this is, I didn't think I was a princess or anything. I just, I can't remember what book it was, but there was a book that I read and it was a similar structure where it was diary things and it would sign off like angel kisses and then whoever it was. So I was like, I can't copy that. That's plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. Princess hugs. Head. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. That is oh, so cute. I can't believe I've just said that. Hey, it's, a, it's an idea that, though. <laughs> it's an idea. It could work. Now we're going to head off to the final question. So... Theatre House is known for the home of theatre. So we're going to ask you, where do you call home? Because at the moment you're in Melbourne right now, but you used to be from Brisbane. So where do you call home? That's such a controversial question. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I've asked myself this question for the last 10 years because I did grow up in Brisbane. It is still home. But then I've also lived here for so long 
And the concept of home, particularly in the last couple of years for me, has been so, un- it's just been so different. I think, oh, I don't, I actually, that, that is such, of all the questions, that's actually a really tricky <laughs> one for me to answer. I, I I did hotel quarantine. I went home to see my mum and my dad in October. I left Melbourne because I missed them so much. And so, you know, Brisbane is where I grew up. So, of course, there's a home homeliness about that. And then Melbourne is where I've created my own home. So I guess, like, it really is, if I, I guess I'm allowed to not be as in pick one, but there are elements of both that, um, you know, I have definitely got feelings of home I think you know all my things are here now so there's parts of that not that things make a home but like you know this kind of place I have um made with my partner that definitely feels homey but then again there's nothing like being with your mom and your dad or your family um so that we can we can even say we can even say 50 percent Brisbane 50 percent Melbourne if you'd like I mean yeah, <laughs> like I've been, I've been saying to everyone at work, like they're probably like, shut up, Sarah. But I keep saying like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what what Comfort Way is like in Brisbane because the Brisbane audiences are the best, and you know it because they are. Like you know, everyone knows it. They really are the best. They come, Brisbane audiences come to the musicals or shows, and they just they come for a good time because they're not necessarily sport for choice. It's not like Melbourne or Sydney where there are twenty things going on at once. There's plenty of stuff happening in Brisbane, but like when the big show comes, everyone turns up and everyone turns out to have a good time. And you can feel that on stage. It's so palpable. Um, so I'm so excited to come home and I have been. It's such a silver lining, you know, if there is, if I can find one of this whole, you know, being re- our tour schedule being rearranged, that I get to come home and do the show. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say 50-50. Perfect. Love an answer like that. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. And we'll, we can't wait to see when you come up to Brizzy for Come From Away. At Kilpack. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yes. Are you guys coming on opening? We definitely want to see it, though, because it's such a beautiful story that we yeah. all want to see. Yeah. Please let me know when you're in and I'll come say hi in the tunnel. Um, <gasps> Ooh, definitely. <laughs> we know Sarah. Um, yeah, no, please come say hi. <laughs> uh, before you go, if people want to keep up with your journey, do you have a website, mm. a social media? Where, where do you want people to find you? Most of my social media is all Sarah Morrison AU, any of the, like for Twitter or for Facebook or for Instagram. Uh, I do have a website, sarahmorrison.com.au, but mostly I do hang out on the old Instagram. That's probably <laughs> where, like, you know, I'll post things from backstage, like day to day on stories and things like that. So all the fun stuff that, you know, um, I know that I love seeing on other people's profiles. That's where I'll pop it on, on Instagram. Fab. All on the socials, the mm. usual. <laughs> and we'll pop yeah. the links as well so people can just like click the links. Yeah. And off they oh. go. It'll all be there for you. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the Playhouse. And yeah, we hope to see you at Come From Away. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. Well, if that interview didn't get you keen to go and support some live theatre, I do not know what will. I know a lot of you are itching to see the iconic Come From Away and I am here to tell you, my sweet dearest roomies, my sweet cherubs, my angels, <laughs> the loves of my life, that you literally only have one week until they leave Brisbane. What? Yeah. So... um. 
not too sure what the ticket situation looks like right now, but hop on the website, comefromaway.com.au or go to the or go to the Quapac website and grab a ticket. <laughs> this show is filled to the brim with love, hope, toe-tapping tunes and won't call Brisbane home for very much longer. So hop to it. Get on it. Or shall we say like rock on? Oh, rock on. Welcome to the rock. Cheeky thing. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a new fan musical. Like yes. Newfoundland. I need oh to stop. God. You go, Chelsea. Go, you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next on the Playhouse picks for this week is a bit of a change of pace from our usual fun and flirty shows, Ooh. eh? Sunnybank Theatre Group give us a heartwarming drama about Aussie dad Harry and his relationship with his gay son, Jeff. The- I can understand why you said it's not going to be flirty. That'd be strange if father and son show yes <laughs> anyway <laughs> moving on it's a bit different so the play traverses their experiences in learning to understand each other within their own relationship and learning to respect their differences it's a joyous uplifting show about very ordinary people if you would like to go and feel the warm and fuzzies that's the best way to really describe the show <laughs> If you would like to go and feel the woman fuzzies, then you can catch the Some of Us from the 9th to the 24th of April. Grab your tickets at sunnybank2020.com. Now, I'm a bit of a clumsy gal, Chels. Don't know if you knew that. Oh, uh, no. You've, I feel like you've definitely seen me stack it before. Surely. Stack it? I, I fall over it like every day of my life. Oh. I'm covered in bruises. Same here. Oh my God, twinsies. <laughs> Love that for us. <laughs> Love that for us to be clumsy. Well, if we if we fell down the white rabbit's hole, I don't think we'd be too mad about it because with the magic of live theatre, we all have the chance to dive headfirst into the mystical land of Alice in Wonderland at QPAC. <gasps> now this one's actually, you may remember a few episodes ago, Rumi's. Actually, it's quite a few episodes ago now. We spoke to Sam Klingner. This is his company. So Who's sh- this? The Alice in Wonderland. No, who's Sam? Sam Klingner, Who? SK Entertainment. I know, I'm kidding. It's oh, acting. Oh, she's she's a good actress, guy. I was convinced. I was like, how do you not remember Sam? He's a, tri- a, a cherished roomie. We pitched those shows to him as well. He's going to give us so much money to make endometriosis on ice, I hope. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Anywho, there's puppets, there's magic, there's music, and all the fabulous stuff that comes with this timeless classic. So bring along the kiddos, nieces, nephews, or you can treat yourself, no judgment, to a few hours of wonder because I feel like we all need a little bit of that once in a while. Now you can catch The White Rabbit at Quapac from 7th to the 8th of April. <laughs> and all the tickety stuff, the t- tickety stuff? Tickety stuff. That's something, I'd, okay. All the tickety stuff, you can find it at qpac.com.au. Now this next show is just a whole lot of pointless stupidity. It's <laughs> a bit harsh. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we should What no 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 that's how they describe their show as stu- like pointless stupidity that's oh, what it's, okay. that's what it is if that's their branding and that's okay that, I just thought you were a bit harsh got me done I'm oh, not that harsh I'm a nice person I agree that's why I was so surprised <laughs> no they are the Australian slapstick kings and have guaranteed belly laughs at their show playing at the Brisbane Powerhouse. I feel like they really don't need much hype up. It will be a rollicking good time, guaranteed. Leno and Woodley. Leno and Woodley will be bumbling their way through the evening from the 16th to the 18th of April. And you can secure, 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 sure, sure your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Secure your ticket by heading over to the brisbanepowerhouse.org. Yay! And that's the end of our Playhouse picks for this week. So if you would like to check out any of the shows we have mentioned, then head on over to our show notes for all the links your little heart can desire. Or big heart. I don't know. I don't know how big your heart is. Could be a normal size. Um, no judgment. Or you size can of follow... Size of a pea. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Grinch at the start of the Grinch. <laughs> or you can follow us um, at Playhouse Pod on Instagram or Playhouse Podcast on Facebook. And that's a wrap on episode 13. I know. I know we say this all the time. But what a fun episode. Ah, I'm like, I'm really hyped. I really loved what she was saying too. I know it was only really brief, but what she was saying about how she also went and did her master's in commerce. Because I feel feel a lot of like arts guilt going mm. and studying education. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's a common thing where, it's, where you feel like a bit of a traitor or a bit of a... But I, I like how she said it was important to her and it kind of, yeah. I don't know, clicks a bit with me. Everyone's pathway is different though. You don't have yeah. to do. You don't have to do that all the time. You can be like, I'm going to do a bit of cheeky commerce, a cheeky bit of education, a cheeky bit of jelly bean creation. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was trying to rhyme. That didn't, <laughs> didn't go great for me. Close, close, but that's okay. Yeah. Now, don't forget to follow us on all of our socials. We say it all the time, but we're gonna we're gonna say it again because we can. So Playhouse Pod on Instagram and Theatre House, and make sure you check out all the events listed on our Theatre House website. We've been a bit spicy on the on the old Instagram recently too. Spicy. I've got a bit out of control with the memes. They shouldn't have given me the. Login. Okay, yeah, we have to we have to <laughs> note this. The one, the culprit who is putting all those theatre Broadway memes. It's this one right next to me. If anything goes on Instagram and you're a little bit, that's that's a bit left of centre, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good though. We love a quirky post about memes and Broadway. The thing is, Thank I don't you, even Brooke. register it as quirky. I just, <laughs> that's, oh my God, that's such, ugh, I hate that. That makes me sound like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm quirky. I'm just me. But um, like I'll, I'll say something. I'll be like, of me, girls. <laughs> I can't help it that I'm popular. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm like no, no. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to put that into fruition. I um no. I just I'm like oh that's mildly entertaining. I'll put that on the story. Yes. Yeah. So that's that on that. But yeah, keep up with us on Instagram. The socials, the usual. You know what? And we'll see you next week. We've got a fun, fun one. Should we? Should we sneak preview what's on next week? So this little hint or cheeky hint. How do we give out the hints? Are we going to say a little? I was I was gonna give him like a rhyme like a rhyme. Oh, go give him give him a rhyme. Go go go. Next week we're gonna we're gonna talk to um, Sminch and Smatterson. <laughs> I mean, that was so at least you tried. I tried. Did that give it away? <laughs> if it if it did give it away, send what us is, a DM on Instagram to confirm. Did you say Sminch? Sminch and Smatterson. Alrighty, those are the hints. Sminch and Smatterson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we, this is not working out well, but that's okay. That's your hint. There you go. <laughs> and we'll see you again next week, team. Bye, Ruby. See Rubies. you next week. Bye. Bye. Whoa. We should start a band. That's another conversation for another time. Yes, let's start a band. <laughs> and, and scene. Hi, everybody. This is Vanessa. And this is Asabi. And together we are Wine and Sympathy. Wine and Sympathy is a fortnightly conversational podcast based in Brisbane, where we talk to local people from everywhere about all the great things that they are doing. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So check us out. Wine and Sympathy, brought to you by That's Not Canon Productions.